Shade at Black Girls Texting. I know y'all see my text. You better answer me back. I'm Chelsea Pinky, also known as the Washing Machine Queen. I'm classically trained. Me, 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 me. It's Gwen at That's My Brat. Wow, you did us. Goodbye. Welcome, welcome to Black Girls Texting. Tea is steadily spilled in our group chat, and each week we're letting you in on it. I'm Charles Pinky, also known as the Washing Machine Queen. I'm Glenn at Bed Stuy Brat. And I'm Shade at Black Girls Texting. Yeah. Hello. So on um, this is a very special episode of Black Girls Texting. And on this episode, we're going to introduce you to three black girls doing shit. Corona, this pandemic is trash as fuck. But these three women are providing us with content and tools to stay informed and build and do some personal development and learn. Um, So we're excited for you to meet them today. So stay tuned for three separate interviews with these dynamic women. So we're here with Nana. Nana is a multimedia journalist who has worked for Elle Magazine, New York Times, and BBC News. She's currently the social media editor for The Cut. Nana's work is aimed at telling stories around diversity in the fashion industry. As part of her continued passion to display diverse fashionistas, she's created Every Stylish Girl as an Instagram blog in July 2016. It's since grown into a full-scale media platform with a brunch series called Sip and Slay, which features workshops and talks from leading influencers and entrepreneurs in fashion and media. The next Slip and Slay will take place digitally, very cool, on May 24th. Tickets are available now. Yes. Go hey, get Nana. tickets. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So we are really excited about this episode because we're talking with Black women who have sort of made lemons, uh, lemonade out of lemons. Yeah. <laughs> um, and <laughs> who are in business for themselves, but are also like using this time of us being at home um, to pivot. Um, and we have some questions actually related to to your work, but we actually have to start with our um, Red or Reply, yes. um, which is our segment where we throw out like some hot topics. And if you're here for them, you would reply to it. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, you're going to leave it on red, okay? And these are all related to, like, quarantine trends. <laughs> you'll see, you'll see. Okay. okay, so the first one is staying productive, in quotes, during quarantine. Are you here for it or not? Yeah, I'm here that for concept. it. That concept, yeah. Do I need to give, like, a full sentence why I'm here for it? No. I just, I'm here for it. If you it. want to, Talk if you want to expound, you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm here for it. Okay. There's been um, a lot of, like, discussion about, like, you know the back and forth of like you don't have to do anything or you could you can like start a whole company and I feel like it's like a a a fine balance but like there's nothing bad about being productive I don't want to say like someone has to be you know but like yeah the pressure we don't want the pressure that's why I was like I'm here for it if that's what you want to do please go ahead and be productive but if you want to just channel your mental health, do yoga, Mm. get in tune with yourself, focus on yourself, relax. Like it's also the time to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Banana bread, which has had a (laughs) surge in popularity. (laughs) I've made, I've made way too much banana bread. Oh my goodness. You're on trend. Banana bread ingredients this week. I I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. 
what have you made it different ways or like are you playing with different ingredients um just i've been switching up just between like not having chocolate chips in it and having chocolate chips in it (laughs) oh man last week we started eating it with like ice cubes. i was like this is too much like really enjoying this we should not be doing uh, I'm obsessed. Okay. It almost feels weird not to have banana bread. <laughs> it's Wait, like a quarantine oh staple. <laughs> I need to make a banana bread. A ritual. We have to have banana bread in the house every week. Oh my this god! This is so funny and fascinating. <laughs> my sister made it with the Biscoff um, cookie butter. Ooh, Ooh, that sounds good. So That's like, fire. it's like in the middle, and it was pretty good. But the, we did one attempt at banana bread, and she's since left my parents' house. So I think. That's a dub. My That's mom it. You're is done. not a baker. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, the last one is Zoom happy hours. No. Oh. <laughs> no, no. On red. Yeah, you're leaving you know that on so red. Funny. Like I'm a Libra, and I guess like that means like extrovert or like you know you like friends, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I love my alone time, and I love having my peace of mind, and like I'm, I'm always like I'm constantly like giving energy to other people and like meeting with people so much and all this time meeting with my interns and it's like if I can just have that time to myself I want it and like that means not like declining all zoom happy hours and parties and all of that she's declining them all yeah I wouldn't go to any (laughs) they are not even they're not just on red like they're not even making to your inbox No, not okay. <laughs> oh my I cannot, yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it. I just. <laughs> um, so sort of switching gears, um, pre-COVID. So as Chelsea mentioned in your bio, you started Every Stylish Girl in 2016. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious, were there any fears that you had when you decided to launch it? Or did it feel just sort of organic um, and just for visuals at the time and representation? And then did it kind of grow beyond what you could have even imagined. Yeah, 100%. At that time, it was fully representation. Um, I went to a PWI, shout out to GW, George Washington University. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were so many stylish women on campus because most women that ca- came to our university were either from like Cali or New York. And so like, they pretty much had like good style. Um, but there was so <laughs> little women of color that I feel like were being covered in our like campus magazine or like campus newspaper um, about like their style or their fashion or even just like great things they were doing on campus and so I was like wait that's really frustrating like why don't I create something that allows women to have this platform that they can kind of be a voice on and not go voiceless Um, and so how it really happened was someone was like I don't know every time on campus everyone's like yo I like your style like your style um but they were like, you remind me of another girl. And they would show me this girl. And it was just a black girl who was stylish. Mm. And I was like, dang, what am I? Every stylish black girl? Like, we literally, oh, like, wow. Right? Because people on campus would think every stylish black girl was the same thing. Like, they That's were like, real. dang, you can't be brown skin and dress nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Facts. And so I was having this conversation with my brother. I'm like, I hate it. It's so frustrating. He's like, wait that's a catchy name and at that time I wanted to create a blog so he's like why don't you just name your blog every stylish black girl um so it came really organically it was called every stylish black girl for the first few months um and then of course like we got some criticism from like my non-black friends and they were just like hey like 
can I follow this? Like, I'm not black. Like, I got a lot of that. Like, can I follow this? I'm not black. Mm. Um, and I remember having this conversation with my brother and he was like, business is all about like this business is all about relatability right so he's like you can have this platform and it could be for black women and women of color but you don't have to throw that in people's faces right like you don't that doesn't need to necessarily be the title of your company but you it can be a platform for these women and when they come to the page don't get it you don't even need to say it right it's one of those things um so i was like true like you know we want to expand it more we don't want to limit it we don't want the name to immediately throw people off and that will definitely do that um so we took off the black and just called it every stylish girl so i had the same women on there still we're telling the same stories so we're giving that space to women to provide a voice for them um and it and it just grew from there it grew to howard it grew to georgetown it grew to american um and then it grew out of dc area right and it grew to maryland and it grew to virginia and then it just quickly started expanding um and then in that same summer of 2016 i moved to new york and that's when it really took off wow yeah so it was that's, very natural it was a very yeah. natural directory and then that's so funny because we're obviously black girls texting right we get yeah. it all the time so oh. many people are like can i am i uh am i allowed to and i yeah. never thought like it's funny to hear that you say the same thing that people said the same things to you because i'm like i never thought that People yeah, would be so it's like, like you guys are just talking about. I mean, yes, you guys are talking about issues with the black community, but oftentimes you're also talking about things that anyone can relate to. Like, mm -hmm. and like, I think like people are. I don't know. It's hard when like people don't see themselves with something. They don't see their reflection, and they constantly just like mm -hmm. cut it off, right? Like they don't even want to give it a shot. Um, and so I was just like whatever like if this is going to be something that I know it's going to provide boundaries like I don't want something like that so early with my business at mm -hmm. least um which is why I took it off but like our mission and our mission is states that you know we're a place that breaks barriers for black women and women of color so mm. yeah very cool I think that deliberateness is so important regardless yeah um, yeah um so then when did the sip and slays come to be a part of the the brands or the work yeah. that you do. Yeah. Oh, my favorite part, Sip and Slay. <laughs> um, so Sip and Slay came in 2017. Yeah, we've been doing it for three years. This would be the, yeah, three years. Um, oh, it's so liberating. It's so beautiful. It literally makes me cry. I've cried after almost every Sip and Slay. Um, so we have an internship program. We've had that since we started in 2016. Um, and then we started doing like little meetups with our interns. And then sometimes our interns would like bring their friends and kind of like Kiki have a picnic. Um, and I think one day someone was like, why don't we bring this to like a larger audience, right? And like, we would get DMs all the time. Like, do you guys do meetups? Like, I want to meet you guys in real life. Like who's behind this platform? Also, no one knew who's behind the platform because I didn't have my face on it for like, years so like mm. no one really knew and i never post myself on ESG either like even yeah. if you go now like you wouldn't know who the founder was mm. um so so many people are like we want to hear from the founder like we want to know what the story was behind this um and so we were having an internship meeting and we we're planning a meetup and one of the girls oh god bless her heart i don't know where she is now was like um, I know this group of women who run a brunch series. You guys, like, this is a crazy story. She's like, I know this group of women who run a brunch series. Why don't we host a brunch? And I was like, 
cool okay I like didn't even know what that really meant I'm thinking it's a small little thing we just chilling vibing we co-hosting with another group of black women um I'm like cool let's do it we connect with these black women they host they host like the Lydia's brunches in New York they're really really cool I think they're, they're brunch girls or something like that I can't remember the name and they're like let's put it together this event and we were both like cool let's call it sip and slay oops sorry they're like let's call it sip and slay so we opened up tickets not really having any plan or anything like that just thinking you know for 50 40 women will show up we sold out and we had a space too so we could only limit it to like i think 200 people we sold out 200 people per brunch. First time. First brunch. we had at that time i think we had maybe five thousand followers wow and that, um, like and that means what percent of that was even new york city right it's probably way smaller right and so we sold out like the first week and I was like wait we're on something like and this was before everyone was hosting events you gotta remember like 2017 there weren't that many black women meeting up during conferences brunch events like this is a whole new thing panels that wasn't mm-hmm. a thing I never got invited to like black women hosting panels in 2016 2017 yeah. right like that's obviously a very new thing these past like two three years um these past like two years to be yeah honest. it's like such a thing now mm-hmm. yeah like no one was really doing panels that were accessible for us at least um and so so that kicked off did really really well we had a bunch of influencers who were our panelists at that time because it was also like our whole message too was like building a better brand for yourself building a better business for yourself um so they came out and then we started doing it um once a year and now we've grown to doing it almost quarterly but three times a year that's so dope um so how have you found that covid has affected or this pandemic has affected your your business or the work that you're doing with every stylish girl has it affected it in any way yeah um we had over thirty thousand dollars in partnership money for our events um for sip and slay this year um all of them have been terminated wow so, damn we lost thirty thousand we didn't even pocket yet but that was kind of advocated for our budget for this year um that's gone um and it it, it it's mm. terrifying and it's it's such a huge struggle and it's so frustrating because there's activities we have for our interns we fly them all out to new york our interns are from all over by the way we fly them out to new york to enjoy the sip and sleep experience um wow yeah so cool. and so and like obviously we use that to like pay for our venue and gifts mm-hmm. for all these mm-hmm. different little things and you know, having that special experience for these women, like, now that's not the same. It's never going to be the same. Um, because who knows when our sponsors will ever get that type of revenue again for part right? right? Mm. Um, at least not for the foreseeable future, two, three mm. years. Um, so, yeah, we took a major hit. Um, and I, at that same time, about, like, three months ago, well, no, what was March? Two months ago. Mm-hmm. I attended a Hopin conference. And I was like, what's Hopin? I've never heard of this before. Um, Hopin is the first ever online events website. Like it feels literally like you're at an event, but everything is digital. Mm-hmm. Um, I did my research and was like, talked to my team. was like, 
let's move this digitally. Like this has always been, and you know what's crazy? I always wanted to do online workshops. People would be like, do online workshops, like do something or whatever. Um, I was like, this is the moment. Like, why don't I, and the cut had just hit a million. So it was perfect timing. Yeah. So many, I got over 30 DMs about what my social strategy was for that. So I was like, why don't I do a workshop on that? Mm. Right. And then come, cause I feel like to be honest with you, no one's going to pay to see three people speak. Well, I didn't think so. Mm. So we it up to six speakers, <laughs> two-hour workshop, um, and over 100 giveaways, right? So, like, we really try to give that same sip and slight in-person effect, but just apply it digitally, and it seems like it's gotten, like, really good response. So, so smart. That's amazing. Yeah. We've been talking about, like, the power of the pivot, and it sounds like yeah. you were able to do that. And Girl, yeah. yeah. It took... It took Oh, I remember literally meeting with someone on, you know, everyone's doing um, lives now and me talking about, you know what? I told myself this April is out of my control. The situation we are in is out of my control. I have, mm-hmm. to, I have to protect my company, protect myself, protect black women's happiness. And what does that mean? It means bringing us together, right? Yes. It means hosting a conference. Yes. We can laugh it up. We can cry. We can feel empowered. We can feel motivated. And like that's literally what Sipisley does. And like channeling all my frustration and, you know, all these different feelings and emotions I had into that and putting that yeah. together. Yeah. What is your greatest hope for um, your upcoming Sip and Slay, but also for every stylish girl at large? Oh, my greatest hope. Um... I want to see how you guys feel about digital sip and slays. Like, of course, I definitely want to still do, like, the in real life ones and have that be a moment. But I think for me, is like, nothing warms my heart more than, like, a girl from London or, like, Nigeria messaging me. Like, I'm mm. so excited to attend this. Like, I've been wanting to go to this for three years now. You don't understand it. You guys wow. don't wear awesome. New York and L.A. In DC, so like this, this means the world to me. Thank you for opening these doors for us. Um, so I want to keep doing that. Like I want to keep you, because I think about this the girl who lives in Wisconsin. That will she ever be able to talk to an editor at Vogue? Like seriously, when I mean, unless she mm-hmm. flies to New York, but then how is she going to get coffee with her? The Vogue editor is probably not going to say yes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like once again, who else is doing this? Who else is allowing this access for women? women of color I, i'm not even trying to find, i can't think of anyone else who's doing yeah. this um yeah and so like i would love for us to just keep expanding you know get to 500 get to 700 a thousand two thousand yep. and just keep growing with online sip and slice i want this first one to speak as a testament for how strong all of them can be coming right yes um so i think even just the fact we had over 300 people you know buy a ticket in times like this speaks right this is not just like oh my god i really want to do it like this to a lot of women is necessary like they need this moment to come together they need this moment to connect and feel like you know they have someone that they can be open and vulnerable with right because a lot of women you know might not in their in their household right feel like they have someone they could talk to so this Mm. is also a time for that right um time for a lot of things too and let me tell you people are actually getting hired right now a few of my friends just got new career opportunities so you know this i just started a new one right (laughs) oh you are yeah i started my new job in april april 1st congrats thank you (laughs) 
Um, and I know a few people who were like interviewing right now, and all the seniors. I'm like, this is. I feel like we. I didn't even plan this like particular date, but I feel like it's all coming together so well because so many seniors are looking for new jobs. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to right now people are pivoting so I think this mm-hmm. is like such a great timely moment for this. and there's yeah. been this cool um kind of parallel between folks who are I, I maybe their early 30s who dealt with like recession hiring mm. and now they're in like a That's space yeah. yeah they're they're in a space of being able to give advice to these new grads like right it's going to be okay. These are things you can focus on. So it really is like culminating at the perfect timing for the circumstances. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I was watching the, I forgot what it was called, but it was like the national graduation for high school seniors last night. Yeah. Yeah. Literally bawling my eyes out. But I was like, this is also very beautiful. And in my opinion, better than sitting at a commencement you know, just watching a boring speech. (laughs) And this could honestly change how things go forever, you know, because it was done so well. They could do it again next year. And like, I don't know, I think this is just an opportunity to try things, you know, get, get creative and change the trajectory for the rest of the, for the end of time. Yeah. Yeah. The world is changing. Creative at home. So I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're so excited. Um, Tell our listeners where they can find you and follow you and how they can go about purchasing tickets. And also who's going to be speaking if you want to highlight. Oh, yeah. The tea. Yeah. The list is endless. Mm -hmm. Um, So please follow Every Stylish Girl for more details on the event. We post something every single day. We drop a speaker and kind of surprise you guys about who all the amazing women we're going to have there are. and then as well, the event is going to be May 24th. So literally one week away from when we're speaking now. Um, and you can find all the information at Every Style Girl in the link in our bio. Um, and you can follow It's Really Nana too. <laughs> um, I'll be sharing a lot of my social tips post um, the event too as well. I put together so much information. It took me hours. It's so long, but I'm excited. And I think if you're looking to take your brand to the next level or your company to the next level or whatever it is on Instagram or social, I think this is 100% the event you need to be at. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, and then lastly, our speakers, I'll just say the companies, some of the companies are from. Um, We have speakers from Vogue, um, Zoe Report, uh, one of our stylists has styled Solange before, done a bunch of Essence Magazine covers. Um, The founder of CultureCon is going to be there. The founder of Netflix is going to be there. Um, And we have like one of the top influence, two of the top influencers in New York City are going to be there too as well to talk about pitching and negotiating for money and collaborating <laughs> with brands. Let me tell you. Mm, so important. it's going to be good. It's going to be very, very resourceful. Yeah. Packed with information and knowledge. Amazing. We're definitely trying to be up in there, girl. So it's gonna be yeah. good. I'm excited. Guys. I'm really, really excited for this one. And if you can't make the full time, we are recording too. So anyone nice. who wants to will get a full recording of the event. You can keep watching it for how many ever times you want to keep watching it. So smart. It's gonna be a lot to like try to take notes and keep up with everyone. So we're gonna send that recording out. That's great. Yeah. See, I feel like that's like even better because like yeah. the recording that's invaluable. You could go back and refer to it. That's amazing. 
So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. And tickets are twenty and thirty dollars. Early bird all sold out. Cool. Sounds good. You're in the future, girl. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm excited. Oh, I just feel like it's gonna open so many doors for other people to feel inspired and motivated to create their own online event too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Nana. Thank you, Nana. Thank you. Our next Black girl doing shit on this very special episode of Black Girls Texting is Darian. Darian is a news curator working on thoughtful and shareable ways to present news and information to people through their phones and IRL. She's worked on multiple platforms of storytelling um, across TV, print, and digital. She's also been called one of the faces of Black Twitter. Darian wants to create work that serves all types of communities, and most recently she's launched Beauty Headlines, a weekly roundup of what's going on in beauty and how it affects you, even when you don't realize it. Episodes of uh, Beauty Headlines drop every Sunday, and you can find her everywhere at Darian Simone, that's S-Y-M-O-N-E. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Are you a Twitter gangster? You know what? Let me tell you (laughs) what happened. I don't always feel like a prominent Black person on Twitter, but I had gotten asked to do like a kind of like a photo shoot of people with OK Player like uh, faces within Black Twitter. And so that's like how that came about. But I go through bouts with Twitter. Sometimes I don't say a lot on Twitter because sometimes I'm like, I'm a Sag, so sometimes just the things I say or how I say them aren't delivered in the best way. So so most of the time, I just don't say anything at all. Um, but when I do pop off, like, I pop off, you know? <laughs> when I pop off, I pop off. <laughs> um, so we always start with this segment called On Better Reply. And for our episode this week, we're going to be asking each of our Black girls doing shit the same questions. And they're all related to, like... COVID quarantine shit. So the first is, quote unquote, staying productive during quarantine. Are you here for it or not? I'm here for it. I feel like it's the only thing, one of the only things keeping me together right now. Mm -hmm. Just finding that balance of like productivity, but also like self-care, you know, and every week it looks different, but uh my my schedule is like literally the block through block of my day has become like more essential than ever of just me like staying sane yeah i was gonna ask if you had any best practices for productivity and making schedules and how you're holding yourself accountable yeah i always find that this is so hard because i think that we don't often talk about how like like finding your productive place is a process like you're not gonna wake up one day and like know exactly Mm -hmm. what works for you and I feel honestly that like I I've done a lot of like time management and productivity management work with like my therapist actually where one week we would try like one kind of schedule and another week we would try another and at the end I would assess like what worked what didn't and it kind of has given me like these building blocks like for each week, especially Mm. now when like I'm feeling different every week. But one thing that I always do is on like a Sunday night or like a Monday morning, I just will like prioritize and I'll do a run through of like everything I need to do with beauty headlines, with my writing, with like 
um, contract work or like clients that I have and I'll just list everything out and then I assess every day okay that Monday what do I need to get done to chip away at this what do I need to get done to chip away at that and then what I do <laughs> is like I'll take that daily and I'll um, and I'll create blocks of time within like my actual calendar like my iCal like okay between one and three, I'm going to work on this thing that I know I need to do on, on Monday. And I just, it, it, I, that's literally how I have to break up my time because I get easily distracted. And, um, and because I'm also a visual person, so I need to understand like what, how much time I'm really spending on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's how, that's how I do it. But it took me a long time to get there and to realize that what I needed to actually do. Girl, I'm still trying to figure that out. Shade loves an iCal. She schedules like the most random shit like what give me an example (laughs) well today obviously this is in my schedule an attempt at studying for the gmat which is at this point out the window is on the schedule and then my grocery shopping is on the schedule as well as insecure is on the schedule you did not schedule Insecure on your <laughs> That's calendar. Okay. Well, I have to put it on because since we've been doing like um, conversations about it, I want to make sure that I'm like on time because I'll just be like, la, la, la. And the next thing I know, it's like 10, 17. And y'all are like, what did that bitch say? And I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> so it's partially organization. And it's also because like my memory is shot. But something that you said that I really um, wanted to highlight was this discipline is also like a part of learning yourself and and, and like a self-understanding, yes. which is, I think everyone's getting thrown into that during these times because you're just like with yourself so much. And it's something as simple as like, am I going to just lay in the bed and kind of like let the day go by? And I, I think that that's fine. That's all I did this morning. Okay. And I think that there are times for that. And then there are times where you have to like, get in the mindset of like, all right, I need to be on. And if you don't have a typical nine to five schedule, like nobody's going to check you. You have to check yourself. You do have to check yourself. And I think one way that, you know, now everybody is working from home, but I feel like as a freelancer, I've had a little bit of a leg up because I've been figuring this out for the past like two and a half years of working from home and, and time management but you're right it's like this it's this discipline and also this is like a little woo but whatever but like really just understanding like the ebbs and flows of your body and I feel like mm-hmm. understanding your body actually can help you to figure out um when you are when you can be most productive right um mm-hmm. when not to try to force yourself to be the dis- the disciplined person like i don't know it's really hard to put it into abstract terms like everyone is different but i feel that the more that you get to know your your body and how it works the better you are at at figuring out when you can be productive and when you're not going to be productive i like that Real that's shit. so yeah. smart okay Here's our other on Metro Pie. I have two more for you. Uh, the next one is banana bread. Have you gotten into that trend? Have you made a banana bread? No, but only because I don't like bananas, which I guess is like a weird thing. But I don't eat. Don't like I kind of don't like them either, though. Yeah, like, like and I can have them in things, but that's exactly how they make me feel. They make me feel like 
I don't like the like smell. Mush. I don't like, yeah. I don't like, <laughs> I smell. like banana, I will eat banana bread. Like I like it within the bread, but I don't like it enough to literally purchase a banana and like <laughs> make it myself. Like I'm not fucking doing that. Um, okay. The last one is Zoom happy hours. I'm personally just, I'm gonna put this out there. I'm leaving that shit on red. It is very awkward. Every <laughs> It is very awkward. I am not particular. I like, I'm okay with doing social things on Zoom, but they need to be very focused. Like, mm. you know, is this a birthday toast? So it's a half an hour. Great. You know, <laughs> like who, who's leading this social gathering, right. you know? Um, is it my grandmother's birthday? Like, I'm down for that, you know? It just depends on the person. And then also admittingly, I kind of can't believe I did this last night, but I'm also kind of not surprised, but there's a disco party in LA that I love. I love disco. I love funk. Like, I love this party so much that sometimes I go by myself. That is like not yes. anything I do. That's like not a thing I do. And they started to do this party on Zoom. They had a party on Zoom yesterday. And it was actually so fun because I didn't have to actually talk to anyone. But the kind of just the thing was like, put on a candle or like, if you have a disco ball or like, wear a cute top, like, and it actually just like felt good to see other people and also like, to listen to amazing like funk and disco. Yeah. So, and also I'm realizing like, I would maybe continue zoom parties after this because at the very end i literally just closed my laptop and i went to bed yeah. like that I'm and i just felt them. like that the the efficiency you know like i'm down well i like when there's an activity right. the efficiency but i have been to ones where we're just like yeah yeah it's okay like you know mm-hmm. i went yeah. to one that the, my friend had a dj for her fiance's birthday but and he kept, the DJ kept telling everyone, mute yourselves, mute yourselves so you, you can hear the music. But my, my friend's fiance's family members kept busting through and talking to that in family. <laughs> I want to make a toast, DJ. Can you play? I would, hey, that's fun to me. That's I should have been to that party. No, but it kept <laughs> fucking up the DJ. Like You couldn't hear the DJ. Yeah. It, it can get awkward. I say that. Listen, technology is going to get very interesting because um we talked about this a little bit offline like this is a gonna be a part of our realities but also like hopefully down the line we can all go out and like dance IRL but mm-hmm. it's gonna create moments that like we're all over the world and you can have a party online and it's like mm-hmm. seamless and it's fun and it's like I'm excited for the innovation behind everything yeah me too yeah me too um okay so hopping into our questions for you as one of our Black girls doing shit this week, um, <laughs> we really want this to be an opportunity for our listeners to hear from people that are working in industries that they're also interested in working in or that they work in currently, um, but also to be sort of inspired by that word innovation, Shade, like you said. Um, but scaling back pre-COVID, you mentioned that you're a freelancer, freelance mm-hmm. writer and storyteller. Did you have any fears when you decided to go freelance? Yes and no. I felt like other people actually made me more nervous than what I was. And 
I, what I want to make abundantly clear, because I feel like we don't always talk about our privilege, even like the certain areas of privilege that we may have as, as black women, um, even if it's not racial, but maybe it's money or family or like where we went to school or where we grew up. But mm -hmm. when I decided to go freelance, I had good connections and people who I felt like were looking out for me in this way where um, I was pretty confident that I could get work as a freelancer. And prior to the the company that I left was BuzzFeed News and I left on good terms. It wasn't like a weird shady or like uh, up and left. I was not leaving because I didn't like the company. I was just leaving because I wanted to move to LA. I was not really interested in, in hard news the same way that I used to be. Um, and I was really interested in starting my own thing, whatever that ended up being. And so I was definitely, I, I think that people tried to tell me that I was too young. At the time, I was maybe 20, 27 or 28 when I, they were like, you know, you still should, you know, have some more names or some more experience working at a company mm -hmm. before you leave. And I think that that makes a lot of sense. And that's what a lot of people do before they start an agency or they, a company or whatever mm -hmm. it may be. Um, but for me, I just did not. I just didn't feel that way. And also I think that I had recognized early on that I wanted, I, I wanna be a writer, I wanna be a journalist, but it's very hard to do because you don't make a lot of money doing it. And there, uh, there are a lot of like strict guidelines around what you can and can't do as a journalist and, and in relation to brands and X, Y, Z. And I think now more of those lines are being blurred because they have to in order to make a living like as a as a writer um but at the same time i was like if i want to figure out how to do this i actually feel like i can't do it within the ecosystem of like working in media in the traditional way as a staff job because i mean even just in the in the past ever since all of this has started we've seen layoffs after layoffs after layoffs mm -hmm. and i was like can I create this weird stability for myself as a freelancer, this very unstable space? Right. And so, because like essentially neither is stable. Like in my opinion, I don't think an on-staff job is stable and I don't think freelance is stable. So I was kind of just trying to like choose my poison in a way, mm -hmm. but I'm happy now with my, with my decision. And I think it was really essential for me, like, growth as a person and as Darian aside from my identity through my career to go free to be freelance and for me to mm -hmm. not have to be in an office every day yes um obviously this is just me as like I, I place a high premium on like freedom yeah. with my time and control yeah. of my time. You so. and Glenn are kindred spirits no, over that's here. That's Sagittarius. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, are you a Sag, Glenn? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. I don't have I to get explain. You. Yeah. You are, I got you. I got you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so how has this coronavirus COVID affected your industry and your work? Yeah, so my industry definitely, uh, again, like a lot of layoffs that we're seeing. And I think that now journalists are thinking of ways that they can make money in, as, indi as independent journalists. So whether that's mm. a newsletter subscription, mm -hmm. um, it's a Patreon, it's something like that. I think we're going to start to see a lot more of that. Um, I feel like for me and how it's changed is now, I, I wouldn't say I had 
I have more time. I think I've always had the same amount of time as a freelancer, but I think that now I've been forced to um, really reevaluate how much and be realistic about the time that I actually have and being like, you know, you said you didn't have time to start this project, but you actually kind of did. And I think that now that I'm in the house and can't leave, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I've been able to do my newsletter weekly. I've been able to start like an IGTV series I've wanted to start for a long time. And those things aren't going to go away, you know, when this is all like, when, when we are able to spend more time together, you know, I felt like time that I could have been working, it was filled with like dinners or meetings and things that I definitely enjoy and don't regret, but also things I didn't have to do all of the time. And so I think like, now I'm more committed than ever to figuring out like how can I take this lane within beauty and just turn it now into something that is sustainable money-wise for yeah. me. Um, but it's definitely, you know, I've, I've started a lot of things in this time and there are things that I definitely want to continue and, and continue to make time for. Not to be yeah. this like extra ass person but I am <laughs> um I was talking to a friend last night and I hope I'm not making this up but I believe apocalypse actually means to uncover mm, in Greek really? and so we were having this whole like fucking existential conversation and what is crazy is that it is really kind of uncovering a lot in terms of like what you can do and like I think everyone has said similar things. Like I've always wanted to start this thing. I've always wanted to start mm -hmm. this thing. And just like going for it, doing it and taking the leap of faith, which it seems you took a leap of faith already. So like you are in that mindset, but mm -hmm. I kind of want to understand like what got you to the mindset to take that leap of faith. You, you spoke about your network um, and, and that confidence, but like, how did that even come about? Yeah. Do you mean like when I decided officially like to leave BuzzFeed and to go mm -hmm. and to go freelance? Mm -hmm. um, oh my gosh. Well, it was something that I would say two things. I, I think that I have, I think even as much as I don't want to admit it, I think back then I kind of knew that I would eventually go off and venture and do something on my own. But I want to make it also clear that like, I felt like I was always getting in myself into these cycles, um, especially as just like a, a young person living in New York where I would take on staff jobs because I also needed them to make money, but also they were good experiences in my mm -hmm. field. And then I would leave and I would do freelance and then I would get an opportunity to go back on staff someplace. Mm. And then I would, so there was like this cycle I would go through and I felt like when I left BuzzFeed, I was like, I'm ending, I'm ending this cycle. I know that I need to be freelance. I know that I want to, you know, make a career off of like my name and my identity versus, um, strictly through a company right and that's just something I had known about myself I feel like something that helped me to actually get to the point of like quitting and being like okay this is something I'm actually going to do was um I would literally put in my schedule like this is the day you're going to email your manager about putting time on the calendar like I would break it down literally mm. into like these little tiny steps because thinking about it all together was, was just really overwhelming. And I would 
then I would put in my calendar right now, you're going to work on what you're going to say to your manager. And I would use that. I would use that 20 minutes or whatever to write in my notes. I'm like a big, like iPhone notes app person. I have <laughs> hundreds of notes. And so I, you know, I would, I would write them out. And then on the other, on the other end, cause I think I gave like, I think I gave more than a two weeks notice. I may have given like a four, like a month's notice or something like that. Um, I was just, meeting with people, letting people know that I was going freelance. And then I actually had gotten like a, like a freelance opportunity within Buzzfeed in LA on more of their entertainment group side. So I did, I did have some stability that I essentially did end up needing. I did not have a lot of money saved up. I didn't have the money saved up suggested that, you know, that is like suggested that you have saved up when you go freelance, I regret that I didn't, I wish I would have, but I think that, you know, what was done was done. And so I think that if I would have had more money saved up, I wouldn't have had to take some of the jobs that I ended up taking, but then like, you know, things happen for a re for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think it was a lot, it's a lot of like a mental game. And I felt like breaking down the pieces step-by-step actually helped me to to get there so that I like my own anxiety wasn't wasn't um preventing me from acting you know yes. so yes. girl we gonna talk offline because <sighs> life um been, I've been chasing it for a long time um so you talked a little bit earlier about now that we have so much more time um and it's so interesting to thinking about time and like how a concept and all of this stuff like time yeah. is starting to make less and less sense during this time mm -hmm. but um i think it's been really interesting to see the way folks have been able to pivot and like how powerful the pivot is yeah. and something like you starting beauty headlines i think it's a really great example of that um and just being able to take control over your own content and as you mentioned some writers are doing newsletters and etc. Um, so could you talk more about beauty headlines and the inspiration behind it and what you're seeking to do with it? Yeah, well, beauty headlines is truthfully a culmination of one of the big goals I have within reporting on and within the beauty industry. I often feel that you know, beauty isn't reported on in the same way that tech is in Silicon Valley or politics is in DC. You know, I feel like a lot of times we don't, or like our culture doesn't take beauty seriously in this. I don't, I don't always feel that our culture takes beauty seriously. I think that we view it as like a byproduct of a lot of things that are happening right now, but we don't ever examine it from the space of seriously talking about it. It's, and it's a multi-billion dollar global industry. Mm -hmm. I think one of the reasons why we also don't, but why we don't take it seriously is because it's women drive the market and specifically within America, black women drive the, the beauty market. And so I really just wanted to angle my reporting and my content in general around beauty and the beauty industry less um, brand adjacent, less PR adjacent, less influencer adjacent and more... Um, information adjacent more in or what what else is happening in culture so like um ayana Priestley when she you know uh 
decided that she was now going to go bald and she told everyone that you know she had alopecia to me that is a beauty story that's a political Mm -hmm. story that's a racial story you know like that is that is like the angle I'm very interested in covering beauty within and so and that's the kind of story where beauty headlines was around when she announced that I would have talked about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, for me, IGTV is, or or video, I would say in general, I actually went to school for broadcast journalism. I went to Emerson college for broadcast journalism. And yeah, I was really, did you? It's just the connection. I know, I know, (laughs) seriously. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So I, And, you know, like back then I was like, they tell, you know, start off in local news and get your reel together and all these things. And I always knew that I would go back eventually to doing something on camera, but I never knew that how it would be or what it would look like. But now obviously those skills are like serving me well, literally. Mm -hmm. I graduated from school in 2013. So like, you know, almost, almost seven years of being out of school and, um, I felt like I had just, um, it, it was just kind of this thing where also like tools have been democratized where I can edit it on my phone. I don't have to export it to my computer and like do it in Final Cut. Right. And and I also just felt like the stars had aligned where, you know, I had had a podcast in the past. Am I allowed to like anything? And it was something I did alone. I booked it. I had people helping me definitely here and there. And towards the end, I was actually in a studio, but Um, I was booking, editing, producing, like everything on my own. And I just felt like I wanted to work on it with someone in some way that felt collaborative and also Mm -hmm. not that like I was, um, there was no sort of the, of, of even like an exchange or a trade exchange. And I just felt like the IGTV thing was something that people have been responding to it and it's been resonating with people in the way in a way that like people have never read people have never resonated or talked about my work before and I feel like I'm on to something yeah and it just like feels good to to notice that it's nothing that I have to like push into people's faces like people are paying attention to it and they're and they're engaging with it in like a very thoughtful way or they're sharing with me mm-hmm. you know in the comment section and that and those are just like not things I take for granted because you know like social media is so flippant like we 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 scroll and we scroll and we we like but we don't really we don't always stop to say something thoughtful i think right. and so i'm really proud to have created that and also i really and in feeling like there's potential to grow it yeah. and so that's like what the i guess the pivot has been for me is like it's almost i feel like more like stepping into my purpose versus the pivoting which has been which has felt great but I will definitely say that this time has actually given me more of the space to um, to step into to step into it, which feels weird. But um, yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at. Well, it's interesting because my next question was going to be: Have there been any unexpected benefits to this time, personally and professionally? So, yeah, I, I would say. Yeah, I would say one thing that I have enjoyed is now there are more conferences like or conferences or or like days taking or something around an industry taking place online, which I think is kind of is pretty cool because I think that now that everyone is at home, a lot of people who I never would have heard of 
never would have, you know, I've never would have, you know, been in the same room, virtual room as them. It's like now happening. Mm -hmm. And so I think that I have enjoyed just like being a part of like beauty focused panels or, or doing things that people never would have thought of making themselves. And now they've kind of like unexpectedly built this new platform um, or this new community. Yeah. And so to feel a part of that has been, has felt good. Yeah. I think it's really dope the amount of access that we've actually been able to, that we actually have now. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Connecting with people all over the world in a way that we couldn't before. And like, there's always a talk in New York. We, we talk about that a lot. There's always a damn talk, always a panel. And I used to be the girl going to everything. And then I kind of just got over it, but Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know, I'm just like, re, I'm really excited and I'm reinvigorated to yeah. participate, which is cool too. Um, okay, so what piece of beauty news are you super excited about right now? Oh, that's a good question. I would say one, uh, one piece of beauty news, and this is actually from in March, but I covered it in one of my recent videos because I felt like people didn't know about it, but I knew that people would, especially because a lot of my audience is, is Black women. And it was how um, the Beauty Well, which is an organization that basically just works to combat um, the influence of like skin lightening products. Mm-hmm. They were successful in getting 15 products or skin bleaching products um, off of Amazon. And I just thought that that was a really great story. Yeah, because obviously there are a lot of skin lightening products on it. it, It's a small, it's a small dent, but also the fact that they were able to do it on such a huge platform like Amazon is a huge deal. And I think that, you know, there are a lot of documentaries and stories about just I think skin lightening is like a is like a crisis. Like people wanting or feeling like they need to do that with, because of their culture or where they come from is like it's not it, it's it's a glo- it's global. It's not just about it, it's a global story. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm always really attracted to to stories that just feel like they're not even in my realm, you know? And you know, and so that story was just to me we see a lot of documentaries around skin bleaching and people talking about it, but not anything where it's like, okay, where are we at now? Who's trying to solve this problem now? Mm. You know, have we made any progress? And to me, that was a story about a little bit of progress and, um, and also how much work there still is to do, but yeah. 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 What is your greatest hope for beauty headlines? My greatest hope is that I can, that beauty headlines will, it, the, it will continue to grow in terms of the reach of it to a point where I can create something bigger. Um, I don't know what that bigger thing will be or what it will look like, but just something that will allow me to create more kinds of content of that nature i kind of want to create like a beauty newsroom i want to create like a um like my own little mini i want to you know again i want to cover beauty the same way that we cover news and politics and so i want to do that and and build that with other people in some capacity yeah i could so see it like here for it it's brilliant thank you so much darian for joining us Shout out to you and all you're doing. Please um, just share your socials or anything else you want to promote. 
Yeah, I am just Darian on Instagram. I am Darian Simone on Twitter, S-Y-M-O-N-E. And then if you, I also have like a beauty culture politics newsletter I send every Wednesday. Um, it's just darian.substack.com. And yeah, that's where you can mostly find me. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Thanks, girl. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so you. much. You are a black girl doing so much. All the things. Oh. <laughs> pray for me. Honestly, pray for me. <laughs>Hey guys, so we are joined by Friday Linton, who is a multidisciplined creative entrepreneur and metal-based artist with an affinity for metal art, mentoring the youth and peer collaboration. She founded the FBF Metal Atelier in July 2011, and um, it's dedicated to her father's 20 years of metalwork. In 2015, she founded the Fashion with Friday Academy as an independent fashion and entrepreneurship-based academy, and it provides experiential and educational workshops for creative scholars who display a really high potential for creative excellence and possess a deep curiosity for the world of entrepreneurship. However, they lack access to hands-on education and mentorship, so Friday's providing that for them, and we're really excited to speak with you. Yeah, hey, thank girl. you for having me. Hey, Hello. God, that sounds so good. That <laughs> That's, you. Good. That's you. That's you. That's you. We're especially excited to have you here because you came to like one of our first events at Dumbo mm -hmm. House and we've just, I think, all mutually admired each other's work and drive and yeah, you especially guys are our commitment. Thank you, girl. Mm -hmm. Our commitment to just uplifting our communities. Um, so that's why, especially why you're one of our Black girls doing shit today and always. Yes. <laughs> 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 so hopping into these on better replies inspired by this quarantine life right or the first one staying productive which i'm putting in quotes during quarantine are you leaving that on red or are you replying to it definitely replying i feel like i've been a little bit overproductive in a sense um i'm a little bit opposite from a lot of the you know people i've been speaking to whereas now i'm trying to pull back on you know the productivity and and actually realizing like oh wait i can take a break mm -hmm. like i can actually rest. people are out here resting so i need to do the same um but definitely on red i feel like i need to stay productive and keep my creative ideas just going and flowing so red for sure yeah that's definitely a way of feeling like sane these days mm -hmm. too it all depends, yeah. So you're mm -hmm. replying to that one. Replying, yes, ma'am. Yeah, you're gonna reply to that text. And okay. Friday, you've always you're. I feel like have you always been productive? Is that like just a part of your personality, or? Yeah, it's part of the makeup. Um, <laughs> I feel like I've seen my parents always productive since I was a kid. They both have always had two jobs. You know, migrated here from South America. So it's just, you know, when you see that example growing up, it's just always in you and it's, it's just who you are, it becomes who you are. So I really enjoy steadily keeping at work and, you know, just trying to figure out how I can contribute to different things. So yeah, a true West Indian. I was about to say, I have, I have a, I have a yeah, on Reddit right. reply before Glenn goes into the next one and it is okay. Especially for you. Uh-oh. Oh. Curry chicken or chicken curry? <laughs> oh, Lord. Shit, I'm dead. First of all, 
I'm not Trini, so it's curry chicken. If you Trini, it's chicken curry, right? No, it's yes. curry chicken. Girl, I've heard a lot of Trini say chicken curry. I thought the Guyanese, Guyanese people, people would say that. Guyanese, no, 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 we say Guyanese curry chicken. chicken curry. Can I say ch- um, curry chicken? Mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't know about no chicken curry. I don't know what's that. <laughs> Somebody asked me. I don't know what's that. that. I don't know what's that. Yeah, I don't know about <laughs> chicken curry either. That's, <laughs> so that's on red. That's on red. Okay. <laughs> Another food topic, baking banana bread, which is like the TikTok trend. Mm. You baked a loaf of banana bread during quarantine? I have never made banana bread ever <laughs> in life. So <laughs> that is on red. You know, yes, if we're talking about maybe like some sort of sweet buns or sweet rolls or, you know, some sort of a something a little bit different or for the Guyanese people, a cheese roll or a pine tart. I don't know if y'all know what that is, but no, no banana bread. <laughs> like, we got flavors over that. here. No <laughs> we got all the flavors. We have better fruits than that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one. Um, Zoom happy hours. Hmm. Damn. Um, I kind of want to say reply because uh, my job has been sending emails my professor job has been sending emails about yeah you know join the, the mm-hmm. girl exactly so, so you're leaving it on red because you ain't even tapped <laughs> in you ain't just, even clicked just the link. PC we'll rewind that yes I'll, I'll say <laughs> just because any of them see this yes I love I love the zoom I love the zoom uh, <laughs> keep sending yeah, her the amazing. invites keep sending me the invites I've just been so busy now are you are you the type of person that leaves your video on on the zoom or are you on mute what's your style it depends the time you know if it's a 10 a.m i've gotten a lot of 10 a.m situations video off audio off um if it's you know a cool afternoon i'm already settled into the day you know (laughs) i have a cute little look on yeah you'll get a video you might get a pop in and then a pop out (laughs) you know i'm infamous for that i'll pop in ask a question and then gone yo that's my strategy too i love that have you what about you guys getting dressed um well i got dressed for you guys you look great (laughs) thank you um usually a really good top shirt situation Mm. um and if I don't feel like doing my hair, I'll throw on like a little bucket hat and some earrings and call it a day. But that's, that's for the pop in. That's for the pop in. Yeah, yes. I've I've been falling in love with hats recently as well. <laughs> um, but I love a my my computer's freaking out. My camera's not working. That's my move. <laughs> the, <laughs> the camera's broken. I don't know what's See, happening. Not everybody, everyone knows. Everyone knows your secrets. So you I know. Exposing ourselves, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Friday, we've been talking to um, Black women who own their own businesses and who are launching their own um, sort of like content companies. And I'm curious, when you first decided to launch, uh, launch your brand, did you have any fears when you were going into business for yourself? Um, yeah, absolutely. Especially, especially the second one, which is interesting because I would think that the first one might have been something that, you know, I was a little bit more apprehensive about. 
but the first one was more of it, the atelier you know it wasn't always FDF Met Atelier then it was just called Friday in the beginning um it was just an experiment you know so it it just kind of happened um and and I think I was more so worried about you know structure and it it was just a different thing it was a different brand you know I'm teaching kids with the academy I can't just wing it you know it has to be it has to make sense and it has to you know have substance um mm -hmm. so I, I believe I was a lot more nervous the second time around because I just wanted to make a good impression with the kids because we all know kids are very honest and they will let you know when something is janky um or they don't, <laughs> <laughs> they don't like it mm -hmm. they are very Thanks. honest mm -hmm. so um you know with the art the metal art it, it was just more so me creating for myself um and mm -hmm. not really caring if anyone liked it or not or you know the opinions of others but second time around with the I academy yeah. yeah yeah and also i would say with um once the second one came in i had to try to find the balance between the two um because I didn't want to neglect either and I was doing it all by myself I'm still in a in a way still doing a lot of the work alone um mm -hmm. so it it was a little bit um difficult to balance it sometimes but you live and you learn you just have to figure it out right until I get a bigger team yeah but, yeah yeah. Can you tell us more about why you decided to start the Academy? Okay, yeah. So there was a void that I felt um, in, or more so just like a lack of knowledge of being a creative or being this like awesome designer or someone who has all this talent. Um, and all ends of that talent as far as business goes you know marketing and how to run it and PR and all of those things um, in the education of younger people specifically and that's just from I mean my experience growing up I I don't feel like I've ever was was provided the opportunity to learn both you know in the same in the same breath um, and just speaking to younger people in my family I'm like, why aren't we learning this? Like, why? Maybe in some other communities, you know, but in the community that I'm in, in Brownsville, Brooklyn, these kids are not learning that. You know, they're basically, sorry, basically getting like a very standard liberal education and that's it. You know, um, if a kid wants to be an artist, they're pushed to go to art school and the focus is just art. You know, it's it's about theory and color and design and, you know, figuring out how to find your inspiration, which is great. But those kids rarely and barely get a business education to match that art education. Um, and then on the other end of it, for the kids who are strictly in business, you know, there is no art or creative in business. You know, real business people will tell you it's like, it's about this, it's about the money, it's about how are we moving this product and you know what comes after that what are the sales and i feel like those people grow up to be kind of stiff sometimes you know um and i feel like they should have creative outlets so 
for me, I always knew that I was a little bit of both, you know, just a little bit creative, a little bit business. And I've always had a fascination with both things. So I'm like, you know, there has to be kids somewhere around here, around the world, wherever, who want both and who are just as crazy as I am. <laughs> and and, <laughs> and want to juggle those things, but the education or it's it just not there or the mentorship is not there. So um, I founded it with the intention to find those kids, you know, and at that age, between nine and 16, you may not know you want to do both, but I find the really creative kids and I tell them, okay, well, this is how you do it, right? This is the finesse. You know, you learn your art, you learn the inspiration, you really understand who you are as a creative. And then what they don't teach you is you learn how to market it. You learn the business, you know, you really figure out where you stand in this world as a creative. Um, and, you know, a little tricky because I just didn't know, I didn't know how to structure the lessons, you know, I was just kind of throwing different concepts at them. And Glenn, you know, you're, you're a teacher, so you know how kids are, how they learn. They love spontaneity and they love like challenges and all these things. So I just thought about, you know, what am I doing in my creative and business life that would be interesting to a kid, you know? So we would have things like a fashion show production challenge or um, create your own mini business, you know, or um, toilet paper dress challenge where you can, <laughs> you can figure out just a simple little material that you could find in your home, you know, and just like make something beautiful out of it. Um, we, we even did something in class where they had to create a trench coat out of um, the lunch paper bags. I still have it here at the Atelier, but you know, things like that, that opens up their minds and expands their minds. Um, it excites me and it, it makes my inner child like really happy to see them like their mind expanding and them really mm -hmm. enjoying you know that type of thing um and then you know I, I, there was like a four-year period where i was working in the after school portion of a school which was a blessing um i got to test out my concepts i got to work with the kids and i got paid for it so it was great and <clears throat> after four years, I decided that I wanted to be a little bit more independent and, you know, see if I can do this on my own. Another crazy move, but I'm like, let's do it. You know, let's see what the result of that is. And I started doing this summer program where for the whole month of July, I would just do this like intensive fashion and entrepreneurship workshop where they would get an opportunity to really dive in Monday through Friday. They're with me. And God bless their parents because <laughs> they trusted me with their kids. And um, we would be running around the city, going to mood, um, going to different corporate uh, showrooms or, you know, or business places, meeting all these people, meeting peers like you guys, you know, who are younger and in the industry. And it, it was great. It was really exciting. So it, eventually just you know each year kind of built and yeah I mean we are doing our very exciting first digital workshop um June 6th and what that will be is a culmination of three different 
workshops. Um, one with Baby Tress, one with you guys. I'm really excited about that. And the last one with a costume designer named Charlize Antoinette. And they'll get an opportunity to be able to do what we would usually do, but at home, you know? Um, I think it's important that even though they're stuck inside and they're not able to like interact with friends and stuff like that, um, it's important for them to still remember like, hey, you have to be creative still, you know, don't lose that thought or don't lose that feeling and end up just doing your academic work and then getting on Instagram for the rest of the day, you know? So just, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly really happy that I even had the opportunity in this lifetime to be able to inspire those kids and do all those things for them. My God. No, I'm over I'm here. Like, She's like gonna weep. Oh my god, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Absolutely beautiful, Friday. I'm like Thank envisioning you. these these kids in fucking mood, like getting their lives. Because like mm-hmm. I'm a Project Runway junkie. Yeah, yeah. so I'm like, yeah, so I'm like seeing it with like young kids from Brownsville. Like mm-hmm. what? I'm also like, just. I'm having so many thoughts because I I used to teach as well. And um, I've taught in two different types of schools, one where it was predominantly black and one where it was predominantly white. And what you're offering these children is something that's offered to wealthy white kids, you know, like they're able to do academics and have creative outlets, you know, there, and there are so many things around the city, you know, that we do have, but you may not have access to or even have the information to know about. There are places mm-hmm. where you can get all sorts of recycled materials and like make mm-hmm. things with that. And it's beautiful that you're bringing that to, you know, these kids who also deserve it. Absolutely. Thank you. And yeah. for them to know that you don't need tons of money to be this like fashion person, you know, yeah. there is a perception that these kids have where it's either Fashion is about dressing up, looking cute. Like I have to have the best outfit, and you know it's it's cute to have a look, of course. But <laughs> <laughs> you know that's important. But it's not the only thing. It's not the whole story. You know, so really diving in and showing them, like, hey, have you heard of a fashion buyer? Hey, have you heard of a merchandiser? Do you know what a visual merchandiser is? Do you know that there is an e-commerce person who, you know, who fulfills your order? Uh, a set designer, a, a photographer, there's so many things that they should be learning. Um, mm-hmm. And what's so great about having creative mentors around our age is we're not, you know, we're, yes, we're older, but we we are still very youthful and we still, I don't know about you guys, but I still remember what it's like to be that age, right? That teenager yeah. age. So we're able to relate to them and they feel comfortable talking with us um and what you get from that is them thinking or going home thinking like wow you know I can do that like this person they're a photographer it's it's a full-time job um they're getting paid for it and they're okay Mm -hmm. like they haven't you know they have their own apartment or whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be um these kids are not being exposed to these types of mentors so I think it's important for everyone to reach out and to try to, you know, give those kids a, just a little something, just a little bit of hope in a sense. Um, 
And I, I feel love like that. it'll go a long way. I love that you're also like broadening it because to your point, so many people, like I ended up in buying in the most haphazard <laughs> way. Like it was the weirdest, okay. weirdest way that I ended up in my career. But like everyone says retail is art and science, right? And mm. it's so cool that you're able to, you know, dive into the art, but then also go into the entrepreneurship, the technical mm. stuff, like teaching them the business, because you will find people that are super passionate about numbers and like, you could be a buyer and like, not even think that, you know, or you could mm -hmm. be to your point visual, like there's so many avenues and you rarely see people of color in a lot of those spaces. Absolutely. I'm going to yeah, just say absolutely. black people. Yes, yeah, you very can say true. it. <laughs> you can say it. Yeah. It's yeah. true. It's I'm in fashion true. now and like, yeah, it's so weird. Like there aren't any black people really. There's like, I think I had like one black buyer ever. Um, yeah. And I'm on the, on the actual, like the vendor side. So I'm working on the brand side of things and it's like literally I'm doing math all day but you still have to use that creative part of your brain because you have to know what you have to have taste you know um so it's so cool what you're doing yeah Thank I you. think especially yeah. for for I know me growing up wanting to be a creative person feeling like I had so many like artistic inclinations but feeling like I could never make money of being creative That's and just being afraid to, to dive in because mm -hmm. I didn't know that there were so many avenues as you all were just saying. So I think this exposure is really great. And then when we talk about entrepreneurship, we're of this generation now that wants, everybody wants to own their own. And I think a lot of us are inclined to want to have our own. And there's especially mm -hmm. an importance for black people to own their own and to just Absolutely. be giving them that type of exposure from a young age is so powerful. Yeah. And, and then to yeah. teach them, like, there are ways and then there are ways. Like, you know, you can start a, a little business and, you know, it could, it can just get to like, here. but I'm teaching them like, no, you know, I want you to run multi-billion dollar businesses, right? I want you to create that generational wealth for your family. And they're like, what's generational wealth? And I'm like, well, exhibit A, <laughs> you know, th then this is what you want. You don't want to aim to just have a business and you know your customer service is terrible and you know your, your your product isn't good or not thoughtful you know so i'm really digging deep and and giving them game because who else is going to do it you know and yeah. we as black people too we complain a lot about our peers you know the businesses, businesses. that our people have and it's like a two-headed sword because it's like on one hand yes we want to do better we want our people to do better but on the other hand it's like who's teaching who's doing the education who is going in and saying well hey you know maybe you should work on your customer service because your sales rep was a little rude on the phone you know <laughs> you gotta check her but when it comes to, you know if you're teaching them that from a very young age they're gonna know all of those things and right. they're gonna know how to operate in each department, you know, what does HR do? What does the PR person do? What, what are the salespeople doing? You know, what is, what is the web designer doing? All of these things um, and ownership, we need ownership. And for me, you know, I've always tried to figure out how I could make some sort of a difference or impact. And I've always known it's with the kids. 
you have to you have to go down to them because for the adults some of them might be stubborn they may not want to hear or listen but you know for the younger kids that's coming up they're going to be creating the new world in the next 10 years or so so why not teach them really good stuff inject really good stuff into them and you know just plant those seeds, watch it grow later on. Yeah. Can you tell us about your plans to extend this to Guyana? Yeah. So um, as you were saying earlier, originally, this was supposed to be our, this was our big year. It was our five-year anniversary. um, And this was supposed to be the year where we went to um, Guyana, South America, which is where my whole family lineage is from. And we were going to teach the kids fashion and entrepreneurship in Itika Village, which is also where my family is from. It's a very small, concise village. Everywhere we go is family. We go up the street, up the this, up the that family. Everybody's everywhere. Um, and I, you know, it's something that I wanted to do for a while, maybe about two to three years in the making as far as planning wise. And I thought like, you know, these kids here, compared to the kids in, in Iteka Village, the kids here are very uh, privileged. You know, like we were saying, they have mood. We could go to Manhattan and just be fully immersed in fashion. We could go to Fashion Week. We could, you know, you can walk into a boutique and see a celebrity or, you know, whatever the case may be. But the kids there, they barely have access to anything, you know? So I think that it, it still is important to me to um to go there and give them that education and show them like well hey you know um there is opportunity in this and a creative career is a thing over there the jobs are you know nurse doctor work at the embassy work at the airport um teacher you know those are the those are the jobs that the parents push you to get for all of the west indian people you know they they tell you you better make the money first. Don't worry about, about hobby and all that stuff, right? Figure out what you're going to do to make money and to bring in the, the income. Mm-hmm. But I, I really want them to know that, yes, you want to make money, but, you know, are you happy doing this specific kind of thing? And then if you come to the States, it doesn't always have to be to get a nursing, you know, certificate. You can come to America, you go to Paris, you go to London, you can go to so many other places and immerse yourself in this creative fashion industry. So it was just basically to expand it. Um, My cousin is a headmistress at a school in the village. We had everything set up. We were going to go there, help rebuild the school a little bit um, and provide some, you know, supplies and stuff for them. But, you know, the universe had other plans. (laughs) So... I believe in timing with everything. So maybe it just wasn't the right time. Yeah. Um, but we will continue to fundraise for that. We still have an active like fundraise uh, button on the website. So we're going to continue. And then it'll be bigger whenever it does happen, whenever we can fly over there. Yeah, we've been talking about just the effects that this pandemic has had on the businesses and endeavors that the women that we've had on this episode um, have. And you just mentioned with this initiative to Guyana, yeah. but has it, have you been impacted? Has your business been impacted in any other way? And sort of how have you tried to navigate this shift? Um, I'd say the, the biggest impact 
because I am probably like the pulse of both of these businesses, the biggest impact was maybe on just me mentally, you know, because if I'm not right, if I'm not there, if I'm not like excited to go, you know, nothing's running. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just everything stands still. So, you know, for me, I had to kind of get myself back right um, in order to get a jump start on even planning the June 6th event. Um, as far as the atelier goes, same, you know, I have to feel inspired to be able to create the metal objects. So, uh, I mean, that was pretty much, yeah. I would say that that has been the big effect. Um, and then also aside from not being able to do the physical workshops with the kids, the parents are like, listen, I don't care if they lift the, you know, the stay at home tomorrow my kids are not leaving until right. school begins in September you know so it was it was honestly an opportunity to pivot yeah and I am a big you know believer in pivoting and really figuring out those signs and you know it's not it's not a time where we can just sit down and oh this is happening and this, I'm so depressed and I'm this it's like you can't sit in that because what is that going to do for you? You know, you give yourself like a weekend or a week just to, just to breathe, you know. But aside from that, you have to figure out as a business person, as an entrepreneur, how am I going to pivot? What's next? Um, what comes from this? What new opportunities have, you know, has opened for me? Um, I would have never thought about launching the digital academy so soon. You know, it was on the list, on the list of plans for the future but it threw me into it so I'm like okay well this might be a good time to do this obviously you know um but yeah pivoting and that's I'm gonna teach the kids that too as soon as we get back together I'm like listen oh, I love yes. that. you see what's happening right now this is the experience mm. I have to go through so let me teach you how to pivot yeah so I think yeah. it's so important though that you highlighted um you I think the only person to say this, like you were impacted and you are your business. And yes. that is like such a key part of like being an entrepreneur and being, right. you know, your own business. Like for me, if I'm not really feeling it for work, I'd be like, yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all are getting Good luck. 25 to 30% of me today. And that's mm -hmm. that. If you do that, like that's a different story. That's a different impact mm -hmm. because it's impacting you directly. And that's so key, like that the, your mental, all that stuff is, is in line and you have to like pull yourself out of that. Absolutely. So yeah. Absolutely. How do you keep yourself like motivated and I guess focused because it does kind of at this point fall on you? Um, I've always had this this belief that what I'm doing is purpose-driven and it's bigger than me on both ends, especially with the kids. It's not about me at all, you know? Um, that's why I'm very, very behind the scenes with, with both of these things. But, um, you know, I, I know, I feel that it's going to change some kid's life and, you know, they may end up being the CEO of like a, an hour, I don't know, the next product, you know, or, um, or starting an organization like the Fashion Work Friday Academy and then giving back to, you know, kids that's younger than them in the future. Um, 
that's motivation in itself, just knowing that it's helping them. And, you know, even when I'm not feeling up to it or, you know, if I might have worked a little bit too hard, it's like, no, just a little bit more because there's some kid who's going to benefit from this no matter what, even if it's just one. Um, and then same with the metal-based art. Uh, I don't know where the talent or the gift came from. You know, I, I didn't go to school to learn how to make a metal gown. It just kind of, it literally just kind of happened like magic, you know? So I tell myself like, this is something, I don't know what it is. I don't know where it's going to go. I don't, you know, I don't know, but it feels as though that art will inspire someone or will do something great, you know, one day. Um, so purpose-driven. I, I, I believe that what I'm doing is solely based upon that. So that's inspiration in its own for me. Yeah. And what about the self-care aspect of this too? Like, how do you make sure you're not depleting yourself when you're giving so much of yourself? <laughs> Still working on that, being very honest. Um, just this week, well, last week, because this week just started. Um, and trying to test out new ways to be kinder to myself and give more to myself during the week. Um, because I love what I do so much. I love this work so much that I would just completely forget about this person, you know, this human, this spirit, and just devote everything to other people and other things. Um, because I believe that that's what's important to me. But that that's not good and I'm learning that that can cause a lot of mental breakdowns for you you know um and it's not pretty so Sundays are my days to myself I don't do anything on Sundays um unless it's like community based uh I have a I co-own a community garden close by with this 80 year old guy who found Girl, it in the 60s. Who are you? What the hell? Are you talking to a damn Howard, saint? Yes, we are. Howard Garden. Shout out to Howard Garden. Um, so, you know, if I'm not just like doing that or, cause it's so tranquil in there. One, I'll invite you guys one day. But- um, Yes, please. You know, other than that, Sundays, feet up, uh, mani-pedi you know home or go out to get that done wash my hair um watch movies you know eat cook things like that um and i also implemented nap time during the day so this is something that uh, i'm of course still when you spend something new it takes maybe about like a week or two <laughs> to, to, for it to really get into my routine but it feels really good to go back to preschool time and take yes. an hour nap during the day. Girl, yeah, Especially I took a nap today. It was amazing. Listen, when you can do it, do it. I love naps. Do it. Love them. Chelsea, tomorrow, take that <laughs> Just oh pick an I hour. was having lunch. <laughs> lunch break number two. Yes. You could say this is your self-care break. Um, yeah. or your, your, your mental, mental health, health break. break. Yeah, mental health break all the time. Well, I kept hearing you say will have an impact. Girl, it's present. It's not. <laughs> yes. It's not in the future tense. It's right now. So 
I'm so stuck in it that I don't, let me tell you, uh, it, it's so interesting that, you know, especially with the metal art, I'm so in it that I don't give myself time to step out of it and say, what, you know, maybe like once a month, I, I, I can like, maybe like 10 minutes, like a fan girl and just be like, yo, this is so metal. This is so interesting. <laughs> Who did this? You know, I got, have two behind me right now. I don't see it. Um, yeah. yeah girls back there. But yeah, I, I, I'm so in it that I don't, I don't know. I, it's just like a tunnel vision, but I, I'd like to do more of that stepping outside of it and just being like, yes, I'm doing good. Yes, but, you are. We celebrate you. Girl, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Such a fan. (laughs) It's crazy. I really like, I'm, I'm in awe of creatives. I really love how people can just like put pen to paper or like you just start picking up metal things, but like you have so many layers and elements. And I think that's probably why you've been able to create such a successful business and what you've been doing with your workshop. So thank you. Cheers. Yes, you. girl. So much more to come. So much more to come. Yes. yes. Actually, on that note, where can people find you? What do you want to plug or tell our listeners and tell them, of course, about the upcoming workshop? Yes. Yeah, so most importantly, so June 6th, we are having our first digital workshop for the Fashion Week Friday Academy. It's called Create From Home. Um, it will be featuring these beautiful three ladies um and a few other awesome creative mentors um listen purchase tickets tell your your friends kids tell your friends friends kids get all these kids on so that they are able to do something creative and you know learn about the creative side learn about the business side meet other young creative peers and um you know find new mentors or just hear from new mentors it's it's very important um and also all of the the proceeds from the tickets is going to go towards offering kids scholarships for the summer workshop the summer digital workshop so just know the money that you put in is helping these the kid that you're currently paying for the ticket for and then another kid um during the summer who you know their family may not have money to even focus on that right now their family might be hustling to try to buy groceries during this time you know so It'll definitely benefit multiple kids. Um, as far as Instagram, Fashion with Fridays, Instagram is FWF Academy. Um, the Atelier's Instagram is FBF Metal Atelier. That's A T E L I E R. And my Instagram is Girl Friday, G R L Friday with two Y's. Um, yeah. Girl, so much. I'm also Thank obsessed so with your much. name. I was just about to say, do you know the story behind your name? <laughs> okay, so, so, um, I guess I never, I never spoke about this on record, but exclusive. It is my middle name. Uh, my dad gave it to me at birth. Um, I, my mom, my sister, and my dad each had to pick out a name. So, that's the name that I like the most. I hated it when I was a kid because I would get teased. You guys know how kids are. People uh, would call yeah. out the, all the day. No, every day of the week. I know. I can see it. Yeah. I can already I hear it. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know why it got to me. But I, that was my name in school until I got to junior high school. And I was just like, all right, no, we're not doing this anymore. Um, and then 
you know, when I started to do the metal art and I was trying to figure out like, I don't know who I was and all these different things, you know, growing pains just growing up. I'm like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to call this Friday because I, this is my truth. This is, you know, who I am. I'm interested in, in this name. And I started going by that. So yeah, that's me. That's you. <laughs> Such a beautiful name. The best yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again Friday this was amazing of course we're really excited to be a part of your um, upcoming workshop And that's that, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Black Girls Texting. As you know, one of our greatest collective goals is to uplift and celebrate Black women, cheer each other on the same way we do in our group chat. So we want to uh, continue this series and bring these voices of Black women directly to you. We think so often um, a lot of the women that get the spotlight or that uh, get the bullhorn are the ladies that have super big platforms and lots of followers, but there's lots of women just like us who are out here hustling and grinding and building, and we want to uh, introduce them to the world as much as we can via our platform. So please be sure to Follow these ladies. Stay tuned for what they're up to. Again, Nana's event with Every Stylish Girl, the Sip and Slay, is going down on Sunday, May 24th. If you go to at Every Stylish Girl, you can find more details there. Um, you can tune in to all the work that Darian is doing. She's pushing out some really interesting and dynamic content on the regular, on Instagram at Darian, on Twitter at Darian Simone. And Friday, her academy, which we're so excited to be um, facilitating a, a panel for, is coming up on June 6th. So please be sure to check out Fashion with Friday Academy and Fashion by Friday, Friday by Friday, um, to tap into all the work she's doing too. And of course, you know where to find your girls at Black Girls Texting.